I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning and welcome to Morning Java. Brought to you as always by Get-Go Cafe and Market, where Dale is always, the food is fresh, the drinks are cold or hot if you need them to be at this time of the year, and they're always tasty and ready to to go, and you can get them contactless at your local Get-Go Cafe and Market. It's also still steak timber at Get-Go, Chris. Ooh, I like steaks. I like steaks a lot. And steak timber is great. Dale, the Steelers are 2-0 they were able to beat the Denver Broncos at home, win their home opener. Uh, this time last year, they were 0-2, and Ben Roethlisberger was gone, and everything was – you know, the sky was falling on, on, on Pittsburgh. Um, and this year, it seems to be quite the opposite. The defense coming in, everyone knew that they were going to try and uh, bring the heat and create turnovers, and so far, they're doing that a lot. Yeah, uh, if you look at the first two games, they've got uh, 10 sacks now. Through two, through two games, uh, which would put them on pace for 80 for the season. That would be <laughs> that would be a bit of a team record. Uh, that would actually be an NFL record as well. Uh, they've also forced uh, four turnovers, and that doesn't include the safety they forced or they picked up on uh, Sunday against the against the uh, Broncos or the turnover on downs they got against the Broncos. So I mean they've 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 certainly gotten the stops that they've needed. They've gotten them when they've needed them. Uh, they've now given up two touchdowns and six red zone trips. I know people are focused on what they aren't doing and how they've, you know, given up some points and a couple big plays. But when you're blitzing uh, as much as the Steelers are, uh, they're back well over 50% again through the first two games as after being just below 40% last season, um, you're going to give up some stuff on the back end. Yeah, but that's, again, that's part of their style. They're, blitz, they're, they're playing like Blitzburg. They're, you know, they're, they're bringing the heat from all sides. Mike Hilton now has two sacks for the team. He's among the team leaders right now, um, and he's, he's bringing the heat from what, all sides. You're seeing T.J. Watt, he got into it. He got two and a half sacks on, uh, on Sunday. That was huge. Bud Dupree got a, got a sack. I was able to predict that, uh, that both of them would get their sacks in this game. I also said Watt was going to have multiple sacks. So huge thing. For, you know, for their outside, uh, their outside edge rushers, but they were bringing it from all sides. You just saw them coming up the middle. Even Terrell Edmonds got a sack on that huge fourth down. Uh, you know, a lot of people were, like you said, were, were, were saying, oh, there goes the defense late. But th- they were out there for 64 plays going into, the, like, the early parts of the fourth quarter. You know, when you're out there that long, I think they had stopped them, like, for, like, 10 drives at that point. And then eventually they gave up a touchdown. And then it's like, well, you know, eventually uh, an NFL offense is going to find some answers and you're going to get tired. Yeah, part of the problem was, again, the, the six first downs that Seattle got on penalties. The Steelers yeah. got none in that game. You're right. Uh, the, the, the pass interference penalties were huge. Uh, two of the three – or I'm sorry, three of the four pass interference penalties that they had came on third downs. Yeah. Uh, they had a roughing the passer penalty on Hilton that was absolutely legit. Uh, but that that converted another third down. So, um, you know, they they can't make those kind of mistakes. 
and I get it. Pass interference penalties are up around the league, uh, 45 through the first 30 games in the league going into Sunday night's game. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's something that, uh, you know, certainly they have to be cognizant of. They have to clean it up. It's hard enough to play defense in this league when you're, you know, when you're giving, uh, you know, the, the other team, ex, you know, extra first downs. You can't you just can't do that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the Minka, the Minka one made a lot of sense. Um, but I mean, I also think that they were playing really disciplined football. Uh, you saw Devin Bush's one. I mean, Devin Bush didn't even put his hand around behind Vanette when he got called for it. Uh, you saw uh, Joe Hayden. I mean, Joe Hayden's one like, okay, you can call that, but if we're going to call that, then there's a lot of other stuff you got to start calling um, on both sides. And then, um, I mean, the most egregious one I felt was uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. It was, it was Terrell Edmonds. I mean, just the, the, uh, the replay that they showed on the broadcast. I wasn't at the stadium, but the replay they showed shows the receiver break on an in and slip on his own and Terrell Edmonds just kind of running behind him. And, and him throwing the guy throwing up his hands like he did that to me, and, and I st- I still haven't seen an angle that showed that. Um, but I think what's important is even with all that, they still overcame you know all those penalties that that, that were being committed. And Terrell Evans even came up with a huge sack on the same drive that his penalty with you know was called. So uh, I think that's a very good sign that they're that they're still able to fight through a lot of that. Um, but I th- there's definitely a lot of stuff that they have to clean up going into next week when they play the Texans. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, certainly. I uh, don't know if they'll, t- uh, you know, go blitz happy against Deshaun Watson. Um, he can make you pay. He'll hold the football. Uh, I think you can get there, uh, you know, with your four-man rush, and we'll see if they go that direction. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So Dale, the offense, they started off, they started off early looking solid. They had a good drive. Uh, Juju was getting worked into it. James Conner punched in a touchdown and then a huge bomb to chase Claypool. But then in that second half, they really stalled. They had three straight drives uh, where they got really good field position and only got a field goal through all three, you know, through one of the three. And uh, then we saw some, some struggle in there. Uh, what was your takeaway just watching the offense and after you've talked to some of the guys via Zoom? You can't turn the football over. Uh, Roethlisberger threw an interception on the opening drive of the second half on a pass that he should not have thrown. 
Uh, it was just not a good ball. Uh, you just can't make that play. You're, you know, you're a 17-year vet. You should know better than that. Just throw it away or take the two or three yards that you could run for and, and, and get down. Um, you know, it just wasn't a good pass. Uh, then they get the ball back at midfield again uh, in, in early in the fourth quarter, and Benny Snell puts it on the ground. I think they were ready to grind some meat in the, on that drive, and and uh, perhaps Benny Snell was going to get a chance to be the closer. They did use him on that third offensive series in both half. Uh, I don't know that we're going to see that again. That's two fumbles now for Benny Snell already this year. Uh, he's got now has three in, in just, I think it's 134 NFL touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not good. And I don't think he's a fumbler, but – when you fumble three times and 134 touches, you're a fumbler. You're a fumbler. That's yeah. out there now. And, and so, you know, he needs to work on the ball security uh, and, and we'll see where that goes. Um, I thought they did some good things on offense, but they shot themselves a foot. Again, two for 12 on third downs isn't going to get it done. No, you can't do that on, on possession downs. Uh, they failed on a fourth down. Uh, now they did convert one later in, in the fourth quarter, but you can't, you know, that's so essentially, you know, three for 14. Uh, on possession downs, that's just not good enough. No, it's not. And uh, it's crazy because I thought the Steelers' defense did a good job. I think they limited them for five for 15 or something like that right. on the other side. And the Steelers' offense was even worse. Uh, so you, you look at that and you're like, that's, that's tough. Um, but I think a huge part of that was putting themselves behind the chains consistently on offense. You know, I get trying to establish a balance on offense. I get trying to make sure to keep them honest. But at some point, when your receivers are torching their cornerbacks and, and, and when you are attacking vertically and they look like they have no answers, it seems like you should try to work a little bit more of that into your game. And there were several points where it just kind of felt like the Steelers were running right into where the Broncos wanted them to go. Um, and, you know, and, and again, I, I couldn't – I'm watching the broadcast. I can't see what the safeties are doing on the back end. Uh, but on the, on the Claypool touchdown, they showed cover two, switched to cover one, and Ben was able to hit Claypool on a deep ball. I have to think that the Broncos probably gave him a few more one-on-ones or would have given a few more one-on-ones if they were throwing on first down. And then eventually, then once you back them off by consistently hurting them with the pass game instead of, you know, beating them with one deep ball and then calling it a day, I think that would have opened up more opportunities for the ground game to set itself later in the game. Uh, but, you know, this became a situation where the defense dominated through three quarters and then uh, after a while, like you said, with all the plays they were on the field, you saw Denver start to figure some things out and put some things together, even with Jeff Driscoll, um, who's their, who was the backup quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I still – I just think that when you look at that overall picture, the offense needed to do more. Uh, and, and maybe part of this is them trying to figure out what's the best way to get Ben back to 100%, you know, because they – Tomlin said, we're, we're keeping a pitch count on the things that he does during training camp maybe that has some calculations as far as what they're asking him to do early on in the season. Well, I'll say this too. They were up 17 to three at the half. Um, you know, they had sacked Denver five times in the first half. Uh, they were down to their backup quarterback. And I think, you know, maybe you go out in that second half and you try, say, hey, let's work on some stuff here. Let's try some different things and see what works because it's seven, we're up 14 points and they're on their backup quarterback. We trust our defense. And then Roethlisberger goes out and throws the interception to start the first, you know, to start the second half. And it kind of gave Denver a little bit of life, um, you know. So, uh, you know, I, we don't know how this thing would have gone. Again, right. Snell fumbles on the first carry after a punt, after the free kick, I should say. Um, you know, that can't happen. We don't know. We have to assume that from the 40, 
nine-yard line of, of the Broncos, which I believe is where they were going to get the football. Mm-hmm. They at least get a field goal there if he doesn't put the ball on the ground. Right. And it's a different ball game. But that's not what happened. What happened was the offense, they turned it over, and they gave Denver the opportunity to get back into the game. So, okay, so Dale, a huge storyline going into the game was a decimated offensive line. You had David DeCastro, who you knew was, was out after week one. You had Stefan Wisniewski, who got hurt in week one. You had Zach Banner, who's out for the season with a torn ACL. So the entire right side of the offensive line had a third-string guard and a rookie fourth-round pick in Kevin Dotson started making his first NFL start in just the second game since he's been in the league. And then you had Chikuma Korfor, who had his experience at right tackle, so he wasn't as big of a question. But still, you're looking at two situations where these guys, are, these guys were backups coming into this. And there were a lot of questions. Can they hold up? By and large, I think they did. I, I saw some really good tape of, of Kevin Dotson in some good run blocking situations and winning at the point of attack. Yeah, and I think people are, are, are angry. Well, why didn't Randy Fichter attack down the field? And why didn't they do this? And why didn't they do that? You had a whole new right starting offensive line. Very true. And we saw, the, you know, the Steelers got into a third and long, I believe, in the second quarter. And the the uh, the Dol- or the Broncos uh, brought Justin Simmons up to the line of scrimmage, and they overloaded that side of the line. And Simmons came free, and then they they forced a you know forced the punt in that situation. Uh, got the got the Steelers off the field. Um, they were going if you got into a lot of third and long type situations and tried to go deep, they were going to overload that right side of the line and mm-hmm. test it. And here's the thing: I mean, I don't know it doesn't always matter how good your guys are or who it is. You know, it's like, it's like playing the Ravens. The Ravens are kind of constantly do that, no matter who's in there, whether it's your starters, mm-hmm. whether it's your backups, and you're not going to always block it. That's part of the – that's why you do those things. You take a chances. It's much like the Steelers blitz packages. You overload some things and you bring guys free, and they don't want people hitting Ben Roethlisberger. Right. It's pretty simple. So, you know, why test that? Again, you were up 17-3 to three at the half playing well they, they could play things a little more close to the vest because they were in control of the football game until they started turning the football over I thought those guys did a credible job uh if you if you looked at, at some of the runs that they had uh they did a nice job they did they gave up one sack in this game Roethlisberger wasn't really hit I think uh you know if you look if you look at it the the, uh, the Broncos had um looking here the Broncos had three quarterback hits in the game and one sack you yeah. can live with that. And, yep. they, and the Steelers threw it 40 times. So, and, you know, and one, one of those quarterback hits was on the touchdown pass to Claypool. Right. You know, so, again, that's what you're opening yourself up for mm-hmm. when, you, when you try to go deep. You know, when you, if you're going to go deep a lot, you're gonna, your quarterback's going to get hit. And they don't want that. He's 38 years old. No, I get that. You want to protect your guy. Uh, but I did think that, the, like you said, the offensive line held up really well. I, I thought Villanueva really struggled in week one, and he r- r- bounced back strong this week. He shut down Bradley Chubb. He should, I mean, and that's the thing. Bradley Chubb was the one thing I was like, okay, Von Miller's gone, but Bradley Chubb is a young, a young problem in this league, and he took him, took him out of the game. You never looked at that left tackle position in this game. Um, I mean, even on the interception, the, what made the interception even harder to swallow was the fact that the offensive line gave Ben Roethlisberger a ton of time to find something. And yeah, he had all day on that one. Yeah. It was like four or five seconds. And he made a bad decision. Right. And, but so I think that's a really good testament to where the offensive line can go this season. Um, they still had some troubles here and there. 
But um, but by and large, again, you know, David DeCastro out, and he's the, he was the anchor of the offensive line, and he'll be um, back this week. He's expected okay. back this week. That's that, that's positive to hear for what the Steelers want to do. Um, but hey, I mean, but now you you have Kevin Dotson with some action behind him and part of a win that might put some confidence in the young man to see to get him worked into the system. Well, and they're going to need him moving forward because Wisniewski's going to be out for a while. So now they get the they get a little bit of tape with Kevin Dotson. He's got his feet wet. Uh, he's earned his letter. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he's now ready to go. He'll be the top backup uh, maybe the rest of the season. We'll see. 